Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener. This is your host, Ken Lane. We are here in the first week of February, and the weather is glorious. Oh my goodness, this is really nice. In fact, it's so nice, it's becoming a concern. Uh, we're, we're about two weeks ahead of most years, most seasons. Uh, normally, the season will kick off here in northern Arizona, the planting season, middle of February, just after Valentine's. Well, at the farms, where you've got farms up and down the coast from Oregon, Spokane, uh, Utah, Northern California, just different places. We're shipping from Texas and Oklahoma, just all over. Whoever's got the nicest of a certain crop, the nicest evergreens, let's say it's a spruce tree or the nicest fruit trees. We just had a fruit tree delivery order this week, our first of the season. And what's happening at the farms is it's been so warm that the plants are breaking dormancy or we're worried they'll break dormancy. So the bud swell is huge on the flowers, on the fruit trees. Uh, Forsythia we got in this week. The forsythias are actually starting to crack and show color. They aren't in bloom yet, but we're concerned. And our goal as a nursery, you know, this is a retail setting, not a farm. So we have got farms out there. We, we flush them out and it's kind of a dirty process. And we finish them out and we prune them and we clip them and we fertilize them. And then when they're perfect, when they're ready to show off, we bring them into the retail environment. We show them off here. We merch. Well, we want those things shipped while they're still dormant so they'll wake up on our cycle, whatever this that elevation is. So here in Prescott, we're at that five to 6,000 foot level. It's, well, I can't say that. We're at four to 6,000 foot level because we get a lot of customers coming over from the Verde Valley, Sedona, Camp Verde, Jerome actually. lot of container gardens and that kind of stuff they're coming over so all the way to highland pines and williams and we even get customers from kingman of all places driving two hours to get here so while they're visiting the va or trader joe's or with other alternatives ulterior motives but we see them so we're bringing these plants in so they'll wake up on this this central highlands uh area on our cycle and so we don't want the plants to be in full bloom, and then we go into a snowstorm or something, and they just woke up too early. And so we, we're trying to ship. We're desperately shipping things early now. So we're, we're the trucks are rolling. It's kind of a soft launch. We don't want to commit too much too early. But fruit trees, when they're dormant, it's a good time to plant a fruit tree. It's perfect. You want to get that in the ground before it blooms, before it leaves out, so it wakes up. And if you get a fruit tree that's, old enough. That is, a fruit tree typically has to be about seven years old before it will actually uh, bloom and fruit. It's got a certain maturity level it has to be at. Well, all of our trees are at least, uh, there are they are of fruiting age. We don't sell whips or immature plants. That's why you go to box stores and these other places. They'll sell the cheaper ones, but it'll be in the ground two, three, four years before it will actually fruit. Here, if you were to put that in the ground, a mature tree in the ground, it would actually blossom and fruit this year. And barring you know the weather and some of those things, it'll actually produce fruit this year. 
If you wait to put that in the ground after it's blooming or it's already got fruit on it, more than likely that tree or that shrub is going to go into some mild shock and it will shed its fruit or its, its foliage, or, its, or not its foliage, but its, its flowers. And so that's transplant shock. And it's stressful for plants, even the healthiest of plants. You take it out of that container that it's known its entire life. You put it in the ground, your yard, and you put it in Arizona. Our soil, which is so crummy, it goes into some transplant, some transition shock. It goes, well, I don't know about this. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be happy here or not. I'm, I'm going to wait it out. But if I get too stressed, the first thing I do is shed some of my fruit because I don't want any more stress than I need to. I just don't know. And so it goes into this transplant shock. We've got some tips that help you get past that. But it's best if it wakes up in your yard going, oh, what what just happened? Let's say I went to I went to sleep last uh, October. And now I'm waking up in uh, you know March one. Uh, where, where where am I at? Oh oh look, this is pretty nice. Let's just grow here, and it roots out and keeps growing. That's what you want to work with. You want to work with the environment, not against it. And so the secret is being ahead of the cycle. And so we're trying to ship these plants in before they wake up. Actually, if we bring them in from let's say a, a Spokane is a, just a couple clicks warmer than we are, uh, then they, they'll wake up and then it'll slow them down once they get here. So they'll actually wake up on our, when, when all the other forsythia, when all the other lilacs or Indian hawthorn or grapes or whatever it is will wake up at that cycle. So I think there's, there's, no, there's no ice on the ground, in the ground. The ground isn't frozen at least at the lower elevations. I don't know about you folks in the White Mountains or Flagstaff. Some of the, there's, I'm sure you've got some frost line, but most of us do not. And I think as soon as that ground thaws, you can start strategizing what I would like to have in my yard and put in a new shade tree or new fruit tree or, or hedgerow or privacy or whatever it is, whatever you have in mind, you can start doing that. Uh, the roses will start shipping here in a couple weeks. Those we do wait on. They're a little bit more sensitive. And we just, they'll live, be fine. But if we go real cold too early, so it, can, it can damage some of the canes. So we'll purposely hold back. And those things will be leafed out. They'll be really going by the middle of February. They'll just be full on like we're into roses. And then by, what is the cycle on this? Think I think uh, Cheryl's got a rose manager. She's got um, full on like 700 roses showing, all of them in full bloom, middle of April. So that's kind of, there's cycles for things. Certain crops come into rotation. The first pansies have shown up. Uh, I've got pansy baskets. I've grown uh, some very fancy wave pansies. These are trailing, hanging baskets. Just got an update. Just got a photo yesterday. They look magnificent. They're full in the basket. They're starting to drape. Uh, they're starting to bloom. I, we'll pinch them back one more time, then fertilize them, and then we'll bring them in probably next week or the week after, and that'll be the first big push of, of some flower, winter-blooming flowers, that kind of stuff. So that's kind of the cycle. I want to go deeper this show into, for you new to the area, new to this mountain gardening, what are some of those cycles? How do I, when should I be thinking about planting, let's see, vegetables, tomatoes? When should I be thinking about planting fruit trees? And how do I plant? I want to go deep into that. Right now, let me just cover zones. 
So your zone in for most of us is going to be a zone seven. Now, if you're a little bit higher elevation, you might be a zone six or Flagstaff a zone five, Williams a zone five, White Mountains a zone five. Some of you like uh, uh, the Verde Valley, Sedona, you're zone eight. So that means what that is, that's the USDA, the national zone rating. They look at every elevation, every county in the country, and they give you a zone rating. That is, how cold is it likely to be in that in your neighborhood? If you're zone seven, like my yard is a zone seven, you've, you need to put plants in that can go down to between zero and 10 degrees. That's a zone seven. A zone six is zero to minus 10 degrees. Zone five is you can go crazy cold, minus 20 or 30 degrees, something like that. So that's your zones. So most of us, when you're reading that plant label, you want it to be at least a zone seven or lower. So zone five will grow in our area. Let's say my backyard is a zone seven. So I could grow a seven, a six, a five, a four, three, two, one. I cannot grow a zone eight or nine. Those are considered annuals. That is the winter will kill them off. That's going to be your geraniums and petunias, uh, some of your tropical uh, 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 backyard plants like ficus. Those are going to be a zone nine or 10. That's more of a phoenix plant. So it'll grow during the season. But in the winter, we're talking about how cold hardy is the plant. How much antifreeze does that plant have in the structure, in the, in the, in the branches and, and, and trunks of that plant? Hold can go down in the winter. So zone seven, that's most of us in the central highland area. That would be from Ash Fork down to Cordes Lakes to Prescott Valley, Prescott, Chino Valley, Paulden. We're zone seven. Uh, those of you in the outlying areas, it's kind of elevation oriented. Might be one one zone cooler or one zone warmer. But most of us are between about a seven plus or minus one. That's a good way to determine the zones in your backyard. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Hi, Ken here with the Plants of the Week and our Arizona Cypress. If you want low-maintenance natives, easy care, and reduced water use, then this is the evergreen for you. When planted in rows, they block the wind, traffic noise, and make the perfect privacy screen, all for under 40 bucks. Comes in an Arizona blue, easy to grow, and prefers monsoon planting. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love native evergreens, they love to shop. My living room feels so empty. Now that the Christmas tree is gone, the house just seems so blah. Brighten it up with a big, bold, beautiful plant from Waters Garden Center. Fill that cavernous space with tall tropicals, colossal cactus, and sizable succulents that bring the great outdoors indoors. Make a gorgeous green space you can enjoy all year, not just for a season. Unique, exclusive, one-of-a-kind houseplants found only at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. All right, we are back with Lisa Waters Lane. She comes each week with your garden questions. How you doing, babe? <laughs> good, my gal. Yeah. So lots of stuff going on. It's like you're juggling. <laughs> Spring is sprung. It's wow, starting. I look dirty. Oh my gosh. I, 
this is when you should not have a camera on you <laughs> for the blog folks, the vlog people, the audio audio folks, the radio. You're yeah. loving this right, right now. It's really good. You don't have to look at all the dirt. You've probably been moving all those, getting ready for those trees are unloading. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you're a little. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> we both have days that we could look like that, though. Depending yeah. on the day, a little, little wind worn, chop worn. It's been chilly. I'd rather still be outdoors oh, in yeah. the chill. You just wrap up. I got my, yeah. you know, mitten hat on stuff, just mm-hmm. thicker insulated gloves. We have hand warmers we pass out to people. Yep. You just dress for it. I'd oh, still yeah. rather be outdoors and stuck inside behind some keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great job. You get to. Oh, yeah. do, do some tax stuff, some accounting stuff, some insurance mm-hmm. stuff, some lawyer stuff, some inventory, supply stuff, unload truck stuff. It's like you never get bored. There's That's always small and then you get to play with plants. Yeah. Yeah. Keeps your brain active and your body active. You should mention what kinds of folks because we're hiring right now uh-huh. and we're taking applications and just kind of if you were thinking about Maybe make working at a someplace awesome. <laughs> Now's the time to jump. An amazing ship. garden center. At an amazing garden center, <laughs> the best garden center to work for mm-hmm. in the country for That's 2021. True. That was last year, mm-hmm. and and it's not like we staged it. The staff said, "Hey, boss, you should. We we could win this." Mm-hmm. And then they go and interview all your people. This is very intimidating. Uh, you don't have any control, and then your peers kind of pick you out of the, out of a thousand, I think there's 15,000 garden centers in the country. We're number one. So it's just like, how We're does that even one. happen? We're number one. Let's get, in Prescott, Arizona. <laughs> I mean, how, what is that? So it's, I'm still awestruck, but we got a great team. We do. And we're always looking to add to our team. So for people who like being outdoors that like helping customers, like other people, uh, like plants, Hey, we're the place for you. I created a meme to go through our social media uh, stuff. It says, um, we like girls. What did I say? Um, if you don't mind getting dirty, come, come get, get. We're looking for folks that don't mind dirt or base, something like that. I'm yeah. so tired, I guess. I, I <laughs> the words no what come today. <laughs> no, usually I'm better than this. Ugh. Well, we, we, we have a really great <laughs> staff. Uh, we have great people. We do great training. Um, if you think it's something you'd be interested in, maybe you have a completely different background. Maybe you have an oh, accounting yeah. background, but you're thinking, hey, I'm, I'm, are you recently retired or looking for a change? Uh, we're a great place to be. You know, I did. I was thinking we, we have a weakness in our back office. We have an awesome bookkeeper, great data entry, but there's no one to back them up. And so we kind of need to add to that office bookkeeping, accounting mm-hmm. kind of person but but not just behind debits and credits, not just in an office and a desk. Right. You're out helping us with the plants too. So you mm-hmm. learn the different pieces of that, which right. which is the fun part. So you're not just, oh, paperwork. Here we go. <laughs> More paperwork. Right. Uh, which cut the checks on Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. So if you're a bookkeeping kind of folks, you want something more than just bookkeeping, we're sure. we're hiring those you folks. But mm-hmm. uh, cashiers, a uh, hiler with the back dock. We, we've got mm-hmm. a great young man that just He's awesome, but I need to get him a couple other folks kind of help him right. kind of go a sales. This is a place for retired people. Mm-hmm. If you're retired and kind of bored, we, this is the greatest place. We're super flexible. 
well, give you time off to visit grandkids, play with your golf buddies, go whatever, mm -hmm. two days a week or whatever. It doesn't have to be full time, nine to five, the grindstone. You're retired. We understand that. So, but it's a great, we've got quite a few, uh, what, three of our retired folks are coming back. Oh, yeah. And they just want one or two days a week. Mm -hmm. We've got room for more. So anyway, that's, right. if it's of interest and you like plants, you don't have and to people. know plants. You have to like people. You have to like people. That's yeah. probably a better way to do it. Yeah. It's people first. <laughs> and we like connecting people right. with plants. Enough about go. that. So plant, what about garden questions, sure. which is what this whole segment is all about. Let me get that camera kind of settled. There we go. There. Perfect. Uh, now motion sickness. Okay. <laughs> <Can> <laughs> so Jennifer has a question. Her peach tree had already started to bloom. Uh-oh. And of course, we had this cold that came through, yeah. bitter cold. But she's worried now. Do you think the tree could be damaged from that cold? Will she, she say where she's through? at? What was her name? Where she went? Where she Jennifer. Went? She Jennifer? didn't say where she's at. Oh, dang it. Well, Jennifer. Somewhere in the Quad City area. Yeah. So, so Jennifer, um, so you've got the wrong peach tree. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to treat it like a shade tree. It's going to have pretty or blooming uh, like a crab apple or blooming red bud. It's going to have pretty flowers. It is so rare that you're ever going to get fruit on that particular plant because it blooms so early that you just enjoy the fall color. They got that beautiful orange and gold, great shade in the summer, but, but you're not going to get, if it's blooming now, you've got a desert variety that's triggered. They have so many chilling hours. Mm -hmm. And so some plants, some trees, fruit trees, at 150, 200 hours, the desert varieties, they're they're going to bloom. Yeah. Well, we've got another three months of frost to go. So it's triggered to bloom too early. We want mountain hardy uh, fruit trees that need, instead of 250 hours, we need 1,000 hours. So it needs, there's they actually track how many cold nights. So it's, it's below freezing. After so many hours, they go, okay, now it's time, and they bloom. Mm -hmm. So plants are really smart. And so <laughs> the desert varieties, they get tricked into coming out early. Mm -hmm. And so it won't kill them, it's just, but it'll take the fruit for them. So that's where, that's where if you buy your fruit from the wrong place. I've seen avocados, <laughs> citrus gr sold at other garden centers, yeah. mainly box stores, uh, where the buyer just goes, yes, yeah, in 50 to all my stores. And then you go buy it because you think, oh, it's good. First of all, never buy a plant that's from a warehouse. That is totally wrong. And it's unhealthy for the for the tree. And oh, well, can gonna, I go on my soapbox? He's going to get on a soapbox and I'll have to yank him off so, of it. I know it's convenient. It was cheap, but there's a reason. It's going to die. Don't waste your energy. Have you tried to dig a hole? Put a good tree in there from Wait, Waters Garden Center. <laughs> Anyway, there we go. Okay, we'll move I'm on. I'm feeling better now. <laughs> kind of inside, it's warm, <laughs> off the forklift, moving pallets around. So the energy is coming back. Okay, good. <laughs> well, we'll move on to the next one. You can put some put some energy into that one. This one's from Tom. Hey, Tom. He is out in Prescott Valley. Hey. He has an Austrian pine that has this clear, sticky, oh, yeah. sappy. He yeah. uh, wants to know, is it? The disease, what could it be, and should he be concerned? You should be concerned, and it's super unusual. Now, hopefully, this cold front that we had come through, this is what we need more of. We need more, you know, mm -hmm. teen single digits. That's what kills off aphids. Tom, you have aphids, and the aphids have been horrible. They naturally go on to the pine trees, so pinion pines, the ponderosas, 
and they're winged. So they just fly around going, ah, there's too much competition on this. This tree's getting stressed. I'm going to fly over here and eat Tom's tree. So they go and eat the sap. They, they pierce at the top of the tree. They've got a piercing mouth part that kind of sucks the juice out. And then the excrement, or we call it honeydew, excrement honeydew. I don't know how they get honeydew out of that, but aphid <laughs> poo uh, starts sweet, coming out. Sticky. And that's what you're seeing, that glossy, that yeah. um Looks Listening. like water almost. So, yeah, sort of like that. And so that's what it is. Um, is it is it a concern? It isn't going to kill your tree right away, but it will stress it out. And if it left unchecked, yes, mm -hmm. you, you just you don't want to leave it unchecked, especially now because you're within, you know, five, four, six weeks of the new growth. And then they'll really go after that and they can affect the new growth. Mm -hmm. So come in. We've got a, an aphid killer. There's some organics. Triple action works really great. Actually, um, we've got a horticultural oil, which yeah. is oh, just super and very, very safe for your dogs. Mm -hmm. You can probably spray your kids with it. No, wouldn't recommend. No, it. <laughs> that's not. What, follow the labels. What we gotta, you gotta tell you. Yeah. But it's it's organic. It's safe, and it literates aphids. So and and the eggs that might come up. So mm -hmm. great questions this week on, sure. on fruit trees and aphids. Ken and Lisa Lane. The Mountain Gardeners will be right back after this. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. The Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Gardening and you don't know where to start? Waters In-Home Garden Service comes to you and identifies what you have and how to make it better. Design advice, water strategies, vegetable and flower gardens, soil and food needs, and problem solving. Always problem solving. You'll instantly be a better gardener. All for just $200 of expert time with a coupon to fill your garden dreams without ever leaving home. In-home garden consultations from Waters Garden Center. We can be at your home this week. Hi, Lisa with the Plants of the Week and our Goshiki Holly. Goshiki translates from Japanese as holly with five colors. Its new leaves emerge red, then turn green. The entire top of this holly is draped in colors of cream, white, gray, yellow, and green. This evergreen makes the perfect accent, hedge, or evergreen container for its all-round good looks. A really nice plant that shines through winter is just $39. Waters Garden Center, where people who love Japanese gardens, they love to shop. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. Again, the theme here with this week's show is gardening for newcomers. If you're new to the area or you just want to up your game, uh, use a few of these tricks and it's really going to make a difference. And, and, and mainly it's how to plant. Here's, here's a segment, quick segment on how do you put a new tree or shrub or vine or bramble, a new plant into the ground. This is actually physically in the ground, not so much in a raised bed or a container. That's different because now you're bringing in artificial soil. You're you're abandoning your, your native crummy mountain soil. You're going to go, I'm going to bring in my own soil and plant here. That's kind of different. Here, if you've got, you got a, a backyard, you're in the pines or in that uh, manzanita layer, that chaparral zone where junipers and, and oak and, and manzanita are, 
you're going to plant another plant in between there. Here's how you do it. The ground, most of your ground, most of you are planting in a backyard that's been scraped off. So all of the, the topsoil that was there is now gone. So you're going to have to replenish that topsoil or create your own topsoil. If you just take a plant and throw it in your native backyard soil, the plant won't die. It just won't grow. It just sits there going, ah, there's nothing living here. There's no worms. There's no microbes of fungi. There's no organics. There's no nothing here. And so it just sits there. And for years, I mean, tens of years, it will sit there and barely grow. That's an indication you don't have enough organics or there's something going on with the soil. If that's how it's going to grow and you know your, your yard's been scraped off, here's what to do. You need to add some organic organic material into your soil back and reintroduce that into your soil so the worms will be attracted. So the, the beneficials, the, the fungi that really help stimulate the root growth of your plant are reactivated. That and some of you are on rock piles. We've got granite layers that go through or boulders underneath the ground. So as you dig that hole, you need to make sure you've got the drainage that's going to be required for that plant to be able to breathe at the root level. Here's what to do. Whatever that bucket size, the, the traditional, let's say we had a hundred five gallon fruit trees show up this week. That's your average size fruit tree. That's, a, that's not a whip, not a little tiny thing. It's your average Joe Schmo introductory tree. They go up from there. So 15 gallons, 20 gallons, 45 gallons. These are huge instantaneous trees. We've got everything in between as well. But the average five-gallon bucket is about a foot wide around and then about 14 inches deep. Whatever that bucket size is, you want to plant, you want the hole, the planting hole, what you're going to dig is going to be the same depth as that, as the nursery bucket you have at, at the garden center and three times as wide, kind of bowl shaped. It's going to look like a cereal bowl when you're all done. So you go down the same depth. Don't go deeper. If you go deeper, the soil gets fluffed up and it, the plant will actually sink as it settles and it'll actually go subterranean. It'll actually, that hole, uh, the planting surface of that plant needs to be the same level or a little bit higher than your surrounding native uh, ground, landscape ground. Don't let it, don't get fooled into the way Phoenix tells you to do it. There they plant it, they want to rain harvest and have things in this divot. We don't want to do that. During the wet cycles we have in July and in March, you can actually drown your plants. We want to be at ground level or a little bit above. This is extremely important for you folks uh, in the Prescott Valley, at 69 Corridor, where it's just heavy clay and caliche, the newer parts of Chino Valley, uh, the, the, the ground is just hard. That ground is, it absorbs the, the water and doesn't let it go. You need to make sure you got drainage. As you dig this hole, the same depth, three times a width, you want to filter it. Take all the rock and debris and old roots and just weeds. Filter some of that ground. Anything bigger than a golf ball has got to go. You can use smaller particles. Uh, some of you are going to have rock chunks. You're going to have boulders. You're going to have all kinds of stuff. I've seen everything over the years. Filter that out. Whatever soil's left over, you need to use that native soil. It needs to get used to, to growing in that native backyard soil. We just want to help it get started. You're going to add some mulch or compost to that 
native earth that's left over that's been screened. About 25, maybe 30% mulch to two-thirds native soil, or one shovel's mulch for three shovels of native earth. Blend that all together, and that's what you're going to backfill around that root's plants. So you rough up the bottom of that root ball a little bit. Don't, don't beat it up too much. Just I kind of tickle the feet a little bit, rough up the sides, put it in the ground, put it in that planting hole, backfill with that mixture of native earth and, and mulch, and pack it down with my feet. Just as hard as you can, then I water it in. That's how you plant. That's really going to be a game changer because it increases the aeration of the roots increases the organic matter, which attracts more worms and things, and helps the plant get through that, even the hardest of soils. When I'm all done, I'll sprinkle some fertilizer. I use an all-purpose plant food, 744 fertilizer. I'll sprinkle some of that around, and I'll water it in, that first initial watering, especially with some root end growth. It's a rooting hormone. It helps it stimulate root growth. If the ground's not frozen, it'll actually start rooting like right away, right now. Uh, but if it's if it's still really cold or it's got some ice layers, it might wait a few weeks. But you're right at the leading edge of planting. The planting season is a good time to introduce, especially some of the bigger trees and shrubs and evergreens into your yard. Be right back. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Let's talk poop. Hey, I'm Tommy at Waters Garden Center. Ken and Lisa are out right now, so I snuck in to remind you that it's time to add some manure to your garden. It's been a wet winter, and your soil is well pooped. Waters Barnyard Manure adds nutrients to get your garden growing. It's organic and odorless, so we really can say our poop don't stink. Buy six bags or more. They're only $5.99. Now that's a load of crap. Tommy, what's going on? Oh, poop, gotta go. Natural, safe, odorless, and organic at Waters Garden Center. Hi, Lisa with the Plants of the Week and our Austrian Pine. We have instantaneous trees just in and ready for planting. This pine has the same long needles as our Ponderosa Pine without all the problems. And these trees are really big and bold. This is the fastest growing at the pines and lots of sizes to choose from. But the $249 model is exceptionally big. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. For people who love big, bold pines, they love to shop. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert, Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding, with a few of Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. Ken and Lisa, mainly Lisa and Ken Lane, so we kind of a, a partner team that we've been running a family garden center together for, you know, I was thinking about this for 20 years now. You and I have been here and we've owned hundred percent of it. We're trying wait a minute for 30 <laughs> years, for 30 years, we've been working wow. at a garden center. We've owned it hundred percent. So your parents retired in 2002. So March of 2002, we, that'll be 20 years this spring next month. Wow. So, wow. Mm-hmm. I was talking to a reporter. I said, you know, working together, it's either the greatest blessing ever or the worst curse, depending on how you get along at home and at work, because we're never away from each other. We're always, and then stresses of oh yeah, just working together. There's work and then there's family and then there's just all the other stuff mm-hmm. kind of adds to the pressure 
that I, I, dig, I digress, huh? Usually. <laughs> <laughs> Stay in your lane. That's only, if you work together, yes. no matter what you do, if you're if you, a new married couple, just find out what your, what your partner's strength is and then give them full trust and just stay out of their way mm -hmm. and then uh, talk about it later. So it just is patience. Mm. It's stay in your lane. So now we're marriage counselors yeah, as well there we as go. travel guides talk to us and garden. All it costs you is one pink petunia and then you're all set. <laughs> we can help you. <laughs> we can help. We've been married for 30, 35 years on July 25th. Boy. It's yeah. coming up, honey. That's crazy. There we go. It's been for good. This year we are going. So it's my turn to pick. Yeah. We go I, every, we switch off every other year. <laughs> you get to pick, I get to pick. We're going to Israel. I got to choose. Yes. So some friends are going to Israel. I said, Hey, can we go with you? Mm -hmm. And uh, he said, yes. <laughs> and then, uh, so we're going in June yeah. to go see the Holy Lands, which mm -hmm. is kind of on our, it's a bucket list thing. So it's very exciting. We get to go on ar archeological mm -hmm. digs and go see the wall, the whole thing. The wall. Oh, the Whaling Wall. There you go. <laughs> I was thinking... I was thinking the Great Wall of China. No, I'm like, no, that's they're the not. the wrong continent. Yeah, <laughs> the wrong continent. Hey, like you said, some days are long and you. So anyway, this is about you. And so you're doing gardening stuff. So mm -hmm. what kind of garden advice can we impart to the listeners, the viewers, that will make their lives better this spring? Sure. So no pressure, no <laughs> pressure. So the trucks have been arriving. I've been talking oh about the trucks are coming and now I can say the trucks have been here. Yeah. So we've unloaded three, I three have, big trucks. I've already stopped counting. All I know <laughs> is a big truck came in to them this week Yeah, and the whole crew is so excited. So they like leave the sales floor, like no customer help whatsoever. Cause they want to go see, it's like Christmas. They want to go see what's new coming in the trucks. Right. So it's kind of, they're excited. We're excited. Mm -hmm. going, Listen, someone's got to go. It's the phone. <laughs> Do something. Right. So we have been getting a lot of fun stuff in. And this time of year, we get a lot of our spring blooming yeah. stuff in. So we have gotten forsythias, yep. which I think every yard needs a forsythia. Because it screams spring. Yeah. It's one of the first things to bloom out there in the yard. Beautiful yellow, just covered in yellow blossoms. Um, it's also very deer resistant, animal resistant for those of you that in the urban interface areas. Um, and it just screams spring is here. And we all need that in our lives. We all need to see that spring is coming. I, I think so true. It, it is one of the first, but I noticed, have you been to our side uh, yard yeah. where that winter blooming jasmine is in full bloom, bright yellow. It has a forsythia flower. Right. It's in bloom. With this cold, it's in bloom. It just loves the cold. So it's in bloom. It's beautiful. It's just... But you shouldn't tell people about it because you can't find it anywhere. Oh, anymore. We'll eventually <laughs> find a place. Yeah, it's hard to find. So, it is. It, it's, it's a great plant but nobody grows if it. you mm. see a yellow flower blooming right now that is yeah. winter blooming jasmine mm -hmm. uh and, and it's it's and it was probably from waters gardens and we used to grow it and now that we stopped we're now contract growing and you can't find someone to find to grow it anyway it's yeah. complicated uh, so eventually <laughs> we'll have it again but it looks yes. just like a forsythia but a month early right so Stays a little shorter too. Yeah. But anyways, forsythias, everyone needs to have one. And after the yellow blossoms are gone, nice gr dark green leaves looks pretty, pretty out in the yard. So definitely need one of those. And a lilac. Lilacs grow so well here. 
Um, and I think we have maybe six different varieties come in. We had the white one, which is what we have in our yard, Angel Angel White, I think it's called. Super fragrant. Very oh, yeah. fragrant. More fragrant than the blue one, I think. Yes, yes. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, there is... Um, Trying to think of sensation, Pocahontas, Old Glory, Old Glory, a lot of different colors. Repeat, what's the repeat one? Um, oh, Bloomerang. We got some Bloomerangs yes, in, yeah, too. So. We did get some Bloomerangs yeah. in, so definitely lilacs just do, do really well here. Full sun, uh, animal resistant as well, and actually very drought hardy. Oh, wouldn't yeah. you say? You got roots that go down to forever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and they come in. Most of them will probably get six to eight feet tall and yeah. wide. There's a few shorter, Miss Kim, uh, the dwarf Korean lilac. So there's some smaller ones, plus the bloomerang. If you, if you shorter, have a I think that's more like hip high. Yeah. So we use a that white lavender, the white one that you mm -hmm. mentioned. We use it to shade my office downstairs on the west side. Mm -hmm. Needed some shade to it, so I want get I get some solar sun in the winter, and then it's leaves yeah. out and then gets us the shade in the summer mm -hmm. but that fragrance is, is unbelievable i let it go and it's yeah maybe just above head height maybe, maybe it's seven eight feet it's at least seven because right? i couldn't yeah. reach the top blooms to <laughs> to trim them out because i love to trim them bring them in the house yeah, and, right. and i couldn't reach them so yeah. definitely gets bigger I'll, I'll prune it when it's done blooming I'll prune it back hard so next year you can reach the blossoms better. I'll, I'll have okay. less shade It's in my okay. Office. There's plenty of blossoms. I can trim the lower oh, ones go. and it's all good. Uh, we also got rhododendrons oh, that's, in. That's so yeah. um, if if you have a good spot for a roadie, which is kind of more of a shaded spot for those rhododendrons yeah. out in the yard, uh, we got some beautiful ones Uh Dark purple blossoms, dark red blossoms, dark pink blossoms. So dark some, blossoms. Dark that's what I've heard. <laughs> so far. But and rhodes actually, they're that spring kind of well, they're late spring. Mid to late spring, early summer is when they bloom. So mm -hmm. they bloom for a couple months, month and a half, month, two months. Mm -hmm. Then they're just this beautiful evergreen right. shrub. They're just beautiful evergreen. Yeah. That's the nice that thing. Blooms about them. in springs mainly. Mm -hmm. And then animals just will not eat. So this is where we use it up in the forest, that wildland interface. You've got mm -hmm. a herd of, of elk and, and deer and antelope coming through your yard. They're not going to bother mm -hmm. uh, rhododendrons. Right. They need, do need some shade. So, so yeah. those folks from California, you know, they're, they're look, it's, they would love rhododendrons. So mm -hmm. the Midwest, East Coast folks, they know what they are. The, the West Coast don't so much. They're, they're more familiar yeah, with hydrangeas course, and yeah. stuff. But the roadies do better. As long as they don't get more than maybe six hours of shade of, of sun. sun, they get shorter. So morning sun, afternoon sun, they just thrive here. Mm -hmm, definitely. Uh, we also got some lily of the valley shrub, also known as Pieris. Uh, really pretty. That one's evergreen too. It is. Yeah, it's fully um, budded. It's amazing. Yeah. It has not a bloom. But it wants to. It's it right wants there. To. It has beautiful little white to pink blossoms that just dangle yeah. off of the stems. Very, very pretty. It's another one that probably would like a little more of that you know, protection from the afternoon yeah. sun, yeah. I would say. But just really pretty out there in the yard. Evergreen perennials. I mean, come on. A perennial that gets knee high, it's evergreen. Fragrant flowers, almost more fragrant than a lilac. Mm -hmm or some of these others, just really fills the air up. It looks really good in a container where you can raise it up, where you can mm -hmm. smell it. 
even more so at the front door with some right. uh, covered overhanger, the back patio. Mm -hmm. It blooms a long bloom cycle, two, two three months. It blooms. It's, right. it's a crazy long bloom cycle. And a lot of them have beautiful. Um, so it's a lot of them, the new growth will come out like a red yeah. color. And then they also get a really nice fall yeah. color. Yeah. So it's a good multi-season type of plant to have out there. Every garden should have a Pieris lily of the valley. Rhododendron, if you got shade, shade, lilacs for sure every year. You could find a sunny spot. Yeah. What else do you mean? Forsythia. And there's a whole bunch of barberries. There's oh, all yeah. kinds of stuff is coming all in. Kinds of stuff. We're fully stocked for spring here at Waters Garden Center. Come check it out for with Lisa and the crew. If I'm out there, I'll, I'll help you too. But Ken and Lisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners be back after these important messages. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Once upon a time, Fred the Sage and Bob the Yucca watched a herd of deer eat their neighbor's garden. Hey, Bob, said Fred. It's a good thing we're native Arizona plants from Waters Garden Center. Right, Fred, said Bob. We can handle tough Prescott dirt, hot sun, low water, and we look great in the garden. You betcha, Bob, said Fred. Hummingbirds and bees love us, but that deer sure doesn't. Be like Fred and Bob. Go native at Waters Garden Center. Safe, natural, and organic. Did you know that plants can help you sleep better, naturally? At Waters Garden Center, we have beautiful houseplants that not only look great, they clean the air we breathe. Get this, some plants can actually produce oxygen at night and even take mold spores out of the air, making for less tossing and turning and more beauty sleep. Don't lose sleep. Rise and shine with unique, gorgeous houseplants for your best rest yet at Waters Garden Center. Sweet dreams! Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. For those of you that are part of my garden care club, you're kind of my, one of my friends, and uh, you've signed up to be part of that club. You got an email this week, and each week I write a garden column on a certain local garden topic. And this week it was on the top 14 trees for curb appeal. It's the the uh, top kind of my favorite trees that are consistent, that grow, that are low care, low disease, low insect. You don't have to, a lot of trimming; just easy to care for and consistent. They've just proven themselves in the local region over and over again. I put down kind of my favorite. There was no rhyme or reason to that that list, but it is time to put trees in. You kind of you want to get those in before they they bloom out. And trees are showing up at your garden centers now. Evergreens are starting to show up. We've had two or three truckloads of of fruit trees, to evergreens, to shade trees, aspens, birch. They're all they're all starting to show up. But there's so many choices, which one do I really want? So I put together a list of kind of my personal favorites. This, this is, you know, my name's Ken. I'm your neighbor. I'm your friend. I want you to succeed in the landscape. And so this is the list that I've had success with over the years throughout the mountain regions of, of Arizona. So I thought I'd just share some of that and, and quick tidbits. If you want a copy of that, 
You go to watersgardencenter.com and look under blog. It's one of the top posts there. You can, you can get a copy of it real easy. But my the first of my list, every house I've had, the last four houses I've owned in the area, I always plant an autumn blaze maple. There's a lot of different maples you'll see sold in the area. Sugar maples and fast-growing maples, Japanese maples. Autumn blaze is the fastest-growing red maple. That is, it turns red in the fall of the year. It's a nice shade tree with a green leaf. doesn't get wind-whipped or wind-torn. Doesn't The branches don't break off. It's nice, consistent tree, yet it, it grows quickly, and it... It turns red in the fall. I mean, when it turns autumn autumn red, it's like, wow, autumn blaze. It's like red, blazing red colors. It's just a consistent shade tree. If you wanted a good, good strong shade tree that will outlive you, maybe even outlive your house, autumn blaze maple is the way to go. The My favorite evergreen, if you've got some size to it, is the Colorado spruce. Oh, It's a native to the Rocky Mountains. It just loves high-altitude gardens. It's consistent. It's always green, doesn't get disease. It's just it's slow-growing, consistent-growing, but it's got a great blue color. Now, it can overgrow a lot of space. Now, it's not for everyone's yard. If you're in a small patio home, it's way too big. There, they're coming out with some new dwarf varieties. The comparable to that is called Fat Albert Spruce. Actually, we got three or four of them here at the nursery, but the Fat Albert's probably the number one seller or the most popular uh, just because it looks like a Colorado Spruce. Same layering. It looks like a Christmas tree. It even has better colors for as blue goes than Colorado does, but it only gets up to maybe 12, 15 feet, whereas Colorado Spruce gets up to <laughs> 50 feet. Maybe more with age. It's a big boy. Oh, my goodness. Well, that's a good tree. I put down my favorite apple. I love, oh, my mouth's watering thinking about it. We grow a lot of good fruit trees here, but look at the honey crisp apple. Oh, it's the best pick off the tree and melted your mouth. Oh, my goodness. It's such a good tree and it produces so heavily here. It does so well. There's a lot of fruit trees that do well. I can tell you the only ones that don't grow here are going to be citrus. We don't do any of the citrus or, or avocados. We grew all the others, apples and pears and, and peaches and cherries and apricots and nectarines and persimmons. And there's just so many we can grow. That's hard for you Californians and, and the desert folks, you, you, you Phoenix folks. You want your citrus. It just doesn't, it gets too cold up here. But you can look at many, many of the other fruit trees it does well. But look at Honeycrisp. Oh, It is so delicious, and it produces so well here. If you want a narrow tree that's just consistent, methodical, easy to care for, and just consistent, and beautiful fall color, this is going to be for smaller spaces. Maybe you've got neighbors that are real tight to each other, and you want something down that property line. Look at sweet gums. Everyone wants to plant an aspen, and they they sucker, they come up in places, then cause more mischief than they can... They can cause issues, uh, but the sweet gum doesn't. It just stays where it's at. Consistent maple leaf to it. It's got a beautiful orange with red hues in the fall. It's just an easy, low-care tree. I mean, water it once a month or, or not, excuse me, once a week or so, and it just grows consistently. Good, easy care plant. Now, if you're into native, you want hardcore native stuff. Like, I want to get it established, leave it alone. I want to go on that 
cruise down the Panama Canal for three weeks. When I come back, that thing better still be alive. Look at the smoke tree. Sometimes it's called smoke bush. This is a small purple. It comes in green, chartreuse, and purple. Purple is the number one seller. It's the most popular. Smoke bush has a nice 12 foot by maybe eight foot wide kind of shape to it. So it's a small tree in tree, tree terms. It can be grown as a shrub or as a multi-stemmed tree, either one. But in the summer, it has this, uh, the flower on it looks very wispy. So from, from a distance, especially as the sunset goes through it, it looks like the trees on fire are smoking and thus the name smoke tree or smoke bush. Very drought hardy, very tough. It fits right in the native landscape. I think better and purple leaf plum, which has some disease issues, kind of short-lived tree. That's that. Uh, I would rather see you plant smoke bush or, or smoke tree than than a purple leaf plum, just because it doesn't have shot hole, doesn't have bores, doesn't have some issues that the purple leaf plum does. It's a better tree. Jack flowering pear. We're famous in the mountains for our flowering pears, mainly Bradford pears around the courthouse of Prescott. They've got quite a few of them. So you'll see a in the month of March, another month from now, you'll see trees starting to open up before the leaves come out covered in white flowers. That's going to be an ornamental pear, typically the Bradford pear, but they get big. They get too big sometimes. Big 30 by 30 foot tree is bigger than most people want. But a jack flowering pear is pint size, is half that size. You get the same flower, same red fall color, same nice glossy green leaves, but it only gets 15 feet by 10 feet wide. Handles our wind, blistering hot sun. It's a great, great small ornamental tree for the mountains of Arizona. Going back to natives, if you want native trees, wild, I want it to adapt and go on its own once I get it established, look for red buds. Red buds are so consistent. Pink flowers in the spring, from a light pink to a very bright chartreuse, very bright, almost bordering on red flowers. But red buds are tough. Oh, and after they get done blooming, they put on this most beautiful heart-shaped leaf. Great little plant. It doesn't look as tough as it really is. It looks more delicate, but it's pretty, has spring flowers, great fall color to it. It's got all the seasons, and it doesn't get too big. You figure... Red buds, maybe, maybe 20, 18, 20 feet tall by 10 foot wide, something like that. So even very mature ones. Uh, that's in the commercial landscapes. We tend to plant a lot of those because they're just so tough. You can surround them with asphalt and they still bloom. You can have the landscape crew, maintenance guys come in and forget about them. They still bloom. They're a great little tree. Pine trees. Of course, we're pine forest. So Austrian pine. I'd rather see you plant an Austrian pine than a ponderosa pine. Ponderosas, they're both long-needled pines. But ponderosas, when you really get them in the ground, you're planting a trunk. The, the foliage is up there, but down here it's just a trunk. Austrian pine is a long-needled pine, equally as hardy as a ponderosa or pinions, but they hold their foliage right to the ground. Much better landscape pine tree. And then a new one. A brand new maple that's out. It's really exciting to, to see this. It's called a regal petticoat maple. It gets the size as that autumn blaze maple. So it's 30 by, I don't know, 15 foot wide. It's a shade tree, typical maple leaf. But here's the thing. The top of the, green, the, the foliage is green. The bottom is purple. 
it's two-toned foliage. In the fall, it turns orange and red. So the top of the leaf is red. The bottom is orange. It's magnificent. I mean, it's, it's glorious. It's a beautiful. And it's proven itself out. So Regal Petticoat Maple. We just introduced this maybe two seasons ago, but it has done so phenomenally well. If you're looking at a maple, give that one serious consideration. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. Wondering why my garden looks amazing? Well, that's personal. The personal garden shopper service at Waters Garden Center, that is. Before talking with my personal shopper, I had no idea which plants would be best for me. But now my garden is bursting with flowers and buzzing with hummingbirds. Just go to watersgardencenter.com, click on Shop, and choose Personal Garden Shopper. A Waters Garden expert will pick the perfect plants for you, personally. The Personal Garden Shopper, only at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Hi, Lisa with the Plants of the Week and our single blue pinion pine. This new blue variety lends to a tidy appearance in a bold, tough tree. Highly desirable for its edible pine nuts. So eat up. Let it grow wild. Or this 10-foot tree can be shaped for the holidays. These perfectly formed trees are just $85 and only found at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Where people who love native pines and pine nuts, they love to shop. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. So as we wrap up the show, how to summarize. We've gotten chilly this week, then it's really nice this week. It's the mountains, and this is the way it is through April. Just goes real nice, and then it can snow tomorrow, or frost, or freeze. That this cold that hit this week was really good for the gardens. It slowed them down, and so and it will kill off some of the bugs. The aphids are rampant right now. They're terrible. For G- January, they started, and they're just getting worse. This cold will kill off a lot of them. So that that it also slow down your fruit trees so they don't bloom as early. It'll it'll slow down your perennials so they don't come out too fast. So don't worry about plants like daffodils. They're starting to emerge. Your mums are starting to get green. Your 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 poppies are already up ankle high. So these are normal things. They like this late winter, early spring scenario this is when they thrive and so what will happen is you don't have to go cover them or protect them they'll just slow down they'll go oh it's chilly i just won't i won't grow as fast i'll hold on and then they'll as soon as it warms up again it will come back out and so it'll start going so it's a really good time to get those soils prepared get them ready so in another three four weeks you can start hardcore gardening uh, the, the vegetable gardens, the pansies, uh, you could do that now somewhat. It's just it's colder, though. They won't grow as fast. Pansies, you can plant those in those containers by the front door, but they may not f- plump out really fast when it's this cold. They'll just sit there looking at you, blooming their hearts out. But then as soon as it warms up, they'll go bump, and they'll just double in size, just like that. And so this is when they thrive. So it's unusual, you folks from that 
north, mid-northwest, uh, uh, over towards Chicago, that, that Midwest, real cold, Minnesota's, Wisconsin, you're not used to that. You're used to eight-foot frost lines. I mean, ice eight foot down. You, get to, you can't even take a jackhammer to that. Here, yeah, we got some ice on the ground, but now it's all of a sudden freed up and, and it's starting to thaw out and you can start gardening. So it's a good time, to, really good time to be putting in your early spring bloomers, lilacs, forsythias, and, and Lisa mentioned that earlier. So we do have a garden class coming up today. Now this weekend we have a how to prepare garden soils. If you missed that, you can check it out on our YouTube channel. It's all, we, it takes us a couple days to post it up there, but you can live stream it through our Facebook page and I believe LinkedIn now. So if you're into into LinkedIn stuff. We're trying to live cast this so you can catch it if you happen to miss it. We live busy lives. We're trying to post it so you can get to it at your convenience. Uh, but it's always more fun when it's live. You're right there interacting with the students. And so uh, next week, we've got uh, mountain fruit trees. So fruit trees are starting to come in. And so it's time to, to put those in. You really want to put trees in the ground before they leaf out. So you really want to get them in in the next, I don't know, by by middle of March, maybe the end of March for sure, get them in. It's not that you can't do it later when they're leafed out or in bloom. It's just there's more stress possibility. If you put them in while they're dormant, they're just asleep. And they wake up and your garden's going, oh, where'd I, what just happened? Where'd I, where'd I come into? Oh, well, let's just grow. It must be okay. The 19th of February, we have gardening for newcomers. If you're new to the area, just new to gardening, it's a great one, very technical. So it's our pH and soils and, and, and how to fertilize and what to plant when, the seasonality, what our zones are. We cover, we cover all that and then more. So it's pretty interesting. Uh, and the last one, February 26th, evergreens that bloom early. Already you're starting to see some, some evergreens bloom, uh, camellias and winter jasmines. Uh, it'll be a whole series. By then, it'll be a lot of things open. But throughout the week, Lisa and I camp out here at Waters Garden Center we love talking to fans of the show. Please say hi the next time you visit. As the days get longer and brighter, houseplants can struggle and scorch, but we have the solution. At Waters, we've organized our houseplants from A to Z for the brightest of sunny locations, many even bloom. With experts that know plants and how to make them grow. Shipments of the freshest houseplants in town have just arrived from A to Z and ready for a bright new home. Waters Garden Center where people who love bright green houseplants, they love to shop, found in Prescott. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.